This is RDQI. Ryan, long time no see. It has been a minute since we've chatted, especially in RDQI. Yeah. We'll catch up about life later, but first I want to ask you something a little bit more important. Is college worth it? Um, I don't think there's a way to answer that yes or no. Um, it depends. Like, if you want to be a doctor, you're going to have to go to college. There's no really strong way around that. Um, unless you want to move to another country where they don't have the AMA. Um, you know, that socialist program we have in the United States that regulates doctors. Um, but if you want to be a, like, if you just really enjoy building things and you want to be a construction worker or work in that field, I, I'm not sure that college is necessarily going to help you. Unless you want like an engineering degree to be the guy that designs. And by guy, I mean male, female. But like, yeah, I think it depends on what you want to do with your life, really. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think that's a very a very sensible answer. But unfortunately, I feel the college and university system, at least in the United States, is it's unfortunately it's not so simple, right? No. And and this was sort of brought up to me, um, kind of succinctly, uh, just recently by a friend. Um, so I, you know, I, I kind of, I feel very strongly that college is really not all it's cracked up to be. Um, it's not a, it's not that it's not a determinant of future success or, you know, potential or, or, um, you know, strength or whatever you want to call it, but it really is overemphasized in terms of an indicator of future performance or future success. Mm, okay. And, um, you know, in, in this country, it's almost kind of stigmatized not to go to college, but that's not the case in other countries. And, and you know, college really isn't for everyone. No. Um, and universities certainly and then, weren't designed to be that way from the outset. Yeah. Right. Like to your point, you know, to be, there's certain degrees that require university education, but, you know, shouldn't be everything. And then this person said to me, okay, well, what happens when your kid comes to you and says, uh, dad, I'm not going to go to college. How do you feel about it now? <laughs> and right. that really stopped me in my tracks because my, you know, for better or worse, if I am honest with myself, I think, mm, no, 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 you're going to college. That is and, such and a great that, point. And therein, yeah, therein lies the, the problem. Sorry to cut you off. No, I think that's a fantastic point. Because I think parents naturally have a desire to offer the best opportunities to their children. And I can see how it's just like, well, if you don't go to college, it's like your job opportunities become very limited. They can be, you know. Um, so, yeah, if, if my child, which I don't have one, but if my child came to me and said, like, no, nah, I'm skipping college, I think at first I'd be like, I would be like, uh, excuse me. But then I would probably just follow up with like a bunch of questions like, okay, you know what you're talking about, right? Like, what are you going to do with yourself? You know, and it would be, it would try to make it into a conversation. 
Um, cause yeah, if my kids said like, no, I'm just going to learn to code some JavaScript and build websites. I'd be like, oh yeah, well, you don't really need to go to college for that as it were, you know, YouTube is a good university for a lot of things. Um, but it, it all, I guess it all depends on what the end goal of that, like what that person's desire is that child in this particular instance. Yeah, you bring up a good point, right? If if I there are plenty of of um 18-year-olds in the world who know exactly what they want to do, right? And if what they want to do does not include college or the value proposition of college or university education mm-hmm. doesn't net any kind of ROI in that chosen, you know, whatever, progression, um career choice. Yeah then sure, absolutely. But there are also a lot of 18-year-olds who don't know what they're doing, myself included. (laughs) And what's nice about a university education is, you know, A, it kind of helps you find out more about who you are and gives you that opportunity. Um, Gives you the opportunity to kind of test drive certain careers. Now, I think we do a much better job of that, but that's another topic. Sure. and then once you graduate with a degree, the sky is really the limit for what you can do professionally. Whereas that's not the case. You know, there are there are whole fields that are completely closed off to you without a four year university education. Right. Much less the further education you might need, finishing school, if you will. Yeah. And that's the fear that drives me to say, no, 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 my kid's gonna go to college because, you know your job as a parent is to kind of provide the best springboard from which your kid can jump into the world and succeed. And, you know, you look at, okay, step A is high school education. You can, you know, 40% of the jobs are open to you and college education and 95% of the jobs are open to you. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you college education, whether you want to or not. Right. But university education also kind of, looks around the marketplace of education and understands that fact. I was about to bring this up. Yep. Now we have a situation where college education is prohibitively expensive. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, man, it's terrible out there right now. Yeah. You know, and that was really just kind of coming to to be when you and I were getting into college, Um, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because we have a lot of friends who... You know, but we were sort of the last generation where you had kids incurring $100,000 student loan debt um, on degrees, which will never, ever, ever net you, (laughs) like, you know, get you back to that point, provide any kind of Mm. any kind of ROI in that investment. I'm going to argue against you on that one, but keep going. Um. In, in and of the degree itself, like you can get a an anthropology degree and go on to found a tech company and sell it for billions, but that degree is not going to necessarily get you a specific job that will then kind of pay for it. In the way that, like, let's say a law degree, there is a career path and a career trajectory in a well-paying field mm-hmm. that will, you know, return your investment at some point. Correct. Actually, law, law is probably not the best example. Let's go with uh, let's go with engineering. Sure, there you go. Engineer is a great example. Yeah, 
I hear you. Absolutely. I also don't think we can throw out the value of that anthropology degree, though. I mean, that anthropology degree might be the foundation, or it might be the discipline, the mental and intellectual discipline someone needs to have instilled in them to have great ideas that have value. So it might, I mean, so here's my point. Like, okay, my earlier example about JavaScript, it's because that's what I'm doing. Pandemic, I was like, okay, I'm not going to work in the field I'm working in where I was working with restaurants and hotels. I was saying, it's probably not going to be the best field for the while, for the next little while, and I don't really want to be a part of it anymore. So let me get out of the, the industry. So I took, you know, I have, a, I have a degree. I have an engineering degree, although it's a, it's a BA in engineering. So that I'm sure every engineer in the world is like, <laughs> that's not even a real degree. But, you know, I have an engineering degree from a music business college in Tennessee, Belmont University, go Bruins. And I did that to get into the music industry. You know, I was an audio engineer. So I was learning engineering principles and had a lot of engineering class, a ton of physics. Man, electronics killed me. But I don't use any of that skill set anymore professionally. The sum total of my audio skills are being used for this podcast. And yeah, that's about it, actually. Check in. You do a bang-up job, though. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Now, having said that, I think that that last sentence I had is cynical perspective. Like, I'm not using my degree anymore. Because that's not true at all. I think, so I'm currently working with the team to build this application, um, kind of like a social media platform, but not really. Not We don't need to get into what it is. But the systematic thinking, the process-oriented um, structure of how my teachers taught me to solve complex problems where you are solving an engineering problem, like a physics problem, while you're in the same room as an artist. So it's a social dynamic that you have to manage while trying to solve engineering problems. But with me and my background coming to this startup, it's like I've had a wealth of experiences that have nothing to do with my degree that are all of a sudden incredibly valuable. And while my degree isn't directly applicable, it's still... I think it gives me a bit of a leg up in terms of understanding what is actually happening at this company and what can I actually do to add value. So I hear you, but see, it's also high risk, right? Because if we're talking about that anthropologist student, we don't know that they're going to be the next innovator. They don't know that either. You know, it, it is a risk and the ROI is certainly not guaranteed. It's like studying history. I wish I would have studied history except for the fact that like, to your point, what do you do with a history degree? besides go to law school afterwards. Um, yeah. So I think there is, I think you there know, is value, but it's, it's, it's weird. I, I want to respond to that argument because for, for the longest time, I would have agreed with you a hundred percent full stop. Right. Um, I've kind of not necessarily co come around, but I think I've, I, I have altered my thinking a little bit. Um, and I, I get to a place where I don't really have a good answer, but, but here's kind of the evolution of my thought, right? So, you know, the idea that, that the education in the humanities is paramount to just being a human being. Um, yep. I, I think that's a, I think that's a very valid argument. I think I, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I, I understand the concern with, you know, STEM taking over the university system, um, STEM being science, technology, 
engineering mathematics, um, you know, mm-hmm. d- degrees with essentially like, you know, math, maths and science degrees with, with high potential ROI. Um, humanities is still required, you know, gen eds in most four year universities, but you know, the quality of those definitely vary. I mean, I can tell you that my university, the gen eds were a joke. I learned, you know, my, my humanities education, which I value considerably was high school. I learned nothing of value in my humanities classes in college. <laughs> I, you know, that's a shame. What a waste Not of that all that I money. Not that I had many of them, right? Because I was, I was, I had a, I, I was a, a STEM major. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's really the value that was provided. So anyway, I don't argue against the importance of a liberal arts education. I, I definitely don't think the way that liberal arts and humanities is taught today is very valuable, but I think that a, you know, a degree in humanities and liberal arts is, is paramount important. Mm-hmm. However... I would never in a zillion years pay what I did for school for a humanities degree. That's just the simple fact of it, right? Like, you know, you, you, you cherish the humanities part of your education. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Was it worth, was it worth a hundred grand and yes. you know, 10 times over student debt for the rest of your life? 10 times over. No, because okay. So when I went to Belmont, <sighs> okay. I went there to their music business school to study audio engineering. So I had business and engineering classes, um, but it's also a liberal arts college. So I had, you know, additional gen ed requirements basically. And it, it allowed me to explore other avenues of knowledge basically. And while all the engineering courses and the marketing courses and the business courses that I took, I, that those courses I still use to this day, certainly marketing business, um, as a foundation of thought that I continue, those are patterns of thought I continue to use today. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but I don't consider those humanities. No, no, no. I'm saying there's like the practical stuff that I, you know, use business. Oh, wise. okay. Right, sorry, right. Sorry. And then now yeah. let's flip over to the humanities side. And my first, one of my first courses was uh, taught by a psychology professor. Um, and it fundamentally asked the question of like, how do you know what you know? So that was just one course. That's just one course. Man, it changed my perspective on life entirely. Now, let's move on from that one course. I also took literature courses and film courses because those are mediums I found interesting. And I continued to do philosophy because I was just interested. And I found a great professor who was like, I had a crush on him for sure, like intellectually. Like he was just like, man, you are such a cool dude. You know, Um, those courses are more important to me today than any of the engineering courses, any of the business courses, anything. And I don't mean personally. I mean business. I mean for economic mm-hmm. means. Um, because where my career ended up taking me was a, this nexus point typically of like <sighs> working with a client, whoever that is, to solve a technical problem for them. But the nature of solving that problem requires an understanding of human psychology and how societies behave. Without my humanities not education that I received from, from these professors, my comprehension of that problem would be significantly lower. So I think it's, but that's also like, I'm also very good at just kind of rolling with the punches and whatever happened yesterday, I'm going to make good for today. Like that's just kind of part of, how I view life. So maybe I'm 
you know, editing my life story here <laughs> on a podcast? I'm not sure. Well, so I, I have two responses. I have two responses to that. Number one, you are a very self-aware individual who values learning and knowledge, and you're kind of a nerd. How how do you how do you set up the value proposition to the you know average person to say, hey, you should pay very very good money, likely a significant chunk of what you have or what you will in the future, to take these courses that will not directly. Mm-hmm. result in any kind of financial ROI. Now, soft skills, yes, absolutely. Like here's how but but like that gets very squishy when you're set, you know, when you're putting that on a chart and trying to convince somebody to buy a product. Right. Well, I've never sell that product um as a former salesman. I would never do that's dumb. I want what was best for the client. I mean, again, and it comes back to the story like if you're if our, you know, if our <laughs> if your child came up to you and said, no, I'm not going to go to college. Well, now you're in a sales moment, right? Where you have to understand what is my child talking about and how can I find the solution to this problem? Because I'm pretty sure they don't know what life is even about, right? That's probably the reaction most parents would have. Mm-hmm. And I think, if, again, to my original answer, if you question them, if you dig into what they're doing and they're actually providing a plan of action for like, I don't need college, then I'd be like, okay, great. Or if they're like, I want to become a philosopher, you know, I have an outstanding academic, can I talk? <clears throat> I have an outstanding academic record. I can get into some top tier colleges potentially. And from there, I mean, who knows, but maybe they'll just become a professor and they'll probably not even make a ton of money in life as a professor. But if that's what the person wants to do, if that's what they feel they've been called to do, if that's what they're compelled to do with their life, I mean, good luck convincing them otherwise is my point. So let me throw the argue, you know, just a, a, an yeah. argument at you. Um, I this is coming from a point, my, my so I I'm kind of alluding to it, but I, I just have a firm point of view that that quality humanities education should be a requirement, an educational requirement for every single person in the in in the country, because but, I think it benefits the people who don't want to take those courses more most, mm-hmm. right? For you and I who you know, have a deep seated interest in this stuff anyway. I, I, I and you know, I, I, you just, you, I, I know you're going to challenge this, but I just don't, uh, I, I just don't see the, the, the need for, you know, like a, a for-profit institution to kind of teach you and I how to talk and how to think. I mean, I, I have Ooh, more yeah. humanities education sitting here on this podcast talking to you than <laughs> I did in any English or philosophy class in college. I mean, and that's yeah. and I'm not being facetious. Like, sure. You mm-hmm. know, that, that's how I, that's how I have always learned. Um, Fair enough. I, I, I can't imagine that. Have you not gone to college and not gone to those courses, not gone to those classes that you just kind of talked about? you know, we would still be having this conversation. You wouldn't just be sitting there and be like, come on, football and cheeseburgers. Like, <laughs> no, you would still have this intellectual curiosity and you're a smart guy. I, I just don't see how, you know, how I, not, not to downplay the value of it at that point in time in your life. I just, I just have a hard time f- finding, justifying the, 
the burdensome economic cost of of that education. Yeah, uh, I mean, 100%. We've definitely talked about student debt, student loan debt in particular, and how ridiculous it is. I'm glad you brought up for-profit education. That is a somewhat recent innovation, if you will, um, which I looked at a lot of numbers and charts today, kind of like, percentage of the population that's attending college in the United States and how that's changed over time. And financially, how has that changed over time? And it's clear that education has become an industry on, like on par with, I don't know, like stock options, where it's like, it's so veiled in secrecy and the average person doesn't understand it, but they feel compelled to say like, well, I need this though. So they just sign on the line, on the dotted line. And I think that is... I do think that our education industry, not every institution in the higher education industry in the United States, but there are plenty who are there just to take your money. That's it. It doesn't matter what you get on the back end because it it, it really doesn't matter to them. Um, I do think it's a pretty strong American idea. And maybe it's other countries too, but I've only lived in the U.S., so I can only tell you about Americans at least. That yeah, there's it's a games it's a gamed system. Just like every system in the United States, it's a game, and there's people who win, people who lose, and I think the game has been increased, increasingly pushed on people, um, and because of the social pressure for more people to go to college, to get some something relevant like a STEM degree. Um, paralegal degree, you name it. Although I think a paralegal is an associate's. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But the social pressure to get a degree has gotten higher and higher and higher. And if the pressure's higher, what does a smart business do when demand rises? Supply rises, or sorry, yeah, when demand rises, you have to increase price. And that's what's happened, right? Yeah. I think, so I was looking into some data. So, a couple of data points really quick. 1965, there were about um, 3% of the U.S. population was in college, like actively in college that year. Mm-hmm. Current day, that number has doubled to 6%. 6% of the United States population is in college right now. Hmm. Between 1995 and 2017, <laughs> the student loan debt in our country hasn't doubled, hasn't tripled, hasn't quadrupled, hasn't pentupled, hasn't sextupled? What's six? Anyways. Six it's in- is, yeah. Yeah, anyways, Never it's increased sevenfold. From 1995, the student loan debt in this country has increased sevenfold. That sounds like opportunism. Seven, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only it was that funny, right? So I think I think there's there's a system that's taking advantage of people who feel compelled to go to college but don't really know why they want to go to college. Comes back to our original our original problem and our original question. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people are going to college. They don't know why they're going to college and they're going into debt. Uh, that was me, for sure. I didn't know why I was going to college. I had parents who said, "You're going to college," and you know, college was an experience for me that, you know, partway through, I kind of slapped myself in the face and said, hey, you know, start taking autonomy for your life. And, 
you know, it, it wound up being incredibly, you know, successful for me. Um, mm. but I, you know, was fortunate in a lot of ways that could have, that could have turned out really terrible if I hadn't, you know, kind of woken up in, in the middle of that, you know, I could have very easily gotten out of the end of college and just be like, I don't know, I, I generic degree. I still don't know what I want to do. And, yep. you know, well, I also think there's this cultural idea that like you get a degree and someone gives you a job, which is like, no, that's not how the industry, like that's how the economy doesn't behave that way. Um, so I think people think like, oh, if I just get the degree, I will get a job, which could be true. Some de- some degrees, that's still true. Sure. Well, accounting yeah, it certainly is. Right. Right. You got an accounting degree. Um, yeah. But it's not across the board. And, and again, like the humanities is usually where people cry wolf here. It's like, what's the point of a, a psychology degree unless you become a doctor? You know, what's the point of a history degree unless you become a lawyer? What's the point of anthropology unless you start a, an innovative company that changes the world? And I think that, oh, mm, man, I didn't even think about this before. I think what this whole conversation points to is the American obsession with work and that the only way you can find value in life is through work. So is the only way to find value in this country what you do? I, I mean, we can go down this, this avenue of like value in work. Um, but I would kind of disagree with that because like, you know, let's look at the opposite, right? What mm, okay. is, what is a life with no work or purpose? Vagrancy. You know, I, I think know. America yeah. has an obsession with productivity and with commerce and with materialism. That's not necessarily synonymous with work. That is a very good point. Thank you. Thank you for reeling me in on that one. I do think work humans need to work. It's my, one of my beliefs. I think that's part of who we are. So yes, you're absolutely correct. It's a good point. But, or, I mean, <laughs> and not to pick on you here, but you've been using a lot of business jargon terms to evaluate the value here. What's my return <laughs> on investment? You know, what's this going to, it's, it's business language we're using to have this conversation. And I don't think that's wrong. I, I think it, this is, education ultimately is to empower your economic abilities, essentially. You know, I mean, some people just love to learn for the sake of learning. Uh, you know what though? I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Like education, the edu- the pay for play education system in America, that's what it is. It's for employment opportunities. Should that be the ul- ultimate aim of education? Well, it always has been in this country. I don't see any reason that it's going to change. I mean, like the whole reason well, that Well, I mean, when Harvard was founded, I, you know, I think there were and maybe maybe I'm doing that thing where I'm looking at history with rose-colored glasses. But, I mean, university systems were kind of, you know, ideal idealized, uh, you know, found places of, you know, for exchange of knowledge and ideals and all that stuff. I don't know if there was such a future employment focus in, you know, the early part of the university system. Um, yeah, there was. And ooh, there? this yeah. takes us all the way back to I think 1249 when the University of Paris was founded. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's where the university comes from. It comes from uh, basically at the time the only place to get an education was a monastery. 
the only, I mean, back in the medieval period, that was pretty much the way you gained education was through a re- religious education. And that, that religious education spilled over into the humanities. In fact, the humanities that we know today, that was the foundation of what a university would teach. They didn't teach, I mean, mm-hmm. there were definitely mathematicians, but that definitely wasn't the focus, you know. Um, and it was a, what was unique about a university is it was a secular place for these, pe- these intelligent people to share ideas. And these intelligent people who shared ideas almost always ended up in the royal courts of whatever nation they're a part of. So I, yeah. it was, I mean, it's, it's weird. It's kind of like, you know, 50-50. There was about economic advancement, of course, but there is also that underlying pursuit of just like, no, we just need to better humanity. And part of that is educating humanity. So it's always been a dual motivation, I think. Now, that's a really, really simplistic evaluation of the medieval um, university system. <laughs> Not very good. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, okay, so why would you go to college if you didn't? Okay, let's say, Dave, we're both billionaires and we're 18. Would we go to college? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't, but I also... Um, I totally would. No, yeah, I, yeah, I would not. I would not. And, oh, I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> I, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I love to learn, clearly. I'm doing this podcast where we learn stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, th- I don't really think that, well, I mean, I can tell you from my own, my, my, my life, I don't learn best in an academic college setting or okay. classroom setting. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, devised ways in my life to get through school. And I, you know, one of those people that can kind of, you know, get, get by without a ton of work, especially in the earlier part of my education. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, you know, sitting down and listening and taking notes and I, that just, uh, that, that has never really been my, my learning style. You know, I, I don't know how much credence we give to those, those education styles anymore, but like, I'm a really bad listener. I really am. You know, I, I need to see, I need to touch, I need to see the the process happen, right? Mm, and then, yeah. you know, critical, like think critically and, and you know, argue and try things and have them fail and try again based on that. Like, you know, I, I have learned so much, you know, we'll take this as an example, right? My entire academic life, I hated math so much. <laughs> and then I got into accounting and all of a sudden I was right. using numbers to do real things. And I remember one time I had to like, I was trying to, to solve this problem and I was like, oh, oh, okay, well, like, well, the unknown is X and now I know how to like factor, like, okay, so I'm doing this and I'm like, wait a minute, I just did algebra. Like, I didn't even realize I was doing algebra because the way algebra was taught, you know, when we were kids is like purely completely abstract. devoid of any context. Yeah. And to actually see it in real life, I'm like, oh, I, so I'm basically t- teaching myself algebra. I sat for you know years in algebra, never learned a damn thing, and now I, you know, like I need it, and I I learned it, and that's and that to me is why I wouldn't go back to school because I learn stuff all the time. But there are better ways for me to learn just about anything. That's a good point. And I also think if I was a billionaire, I wouldn't go to college. I would just hire private tutors on the education paths that I find interesting, you know? So I take that. See, I can see earlier. myself doing that. Right. Yeah. yeah like I, mean, I want to learn Russian. I'm going to hire a Russian 
tutor to speak Russian to me all, all day long. Right. Or like, I'm going to learn accounting. Well, I'm going to get the best accountant, probably pay them way too much money and we're going to do practical problems together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's rate good. is pretty high. <laughs> well, I'm not a billionaire, so that, that ends that story, I guess. I, that's a really important point because if, if money was no object, I, neither of us would go to college is what we just said. Huh. Well, but that's also a bit you of a what? misnomer because, like, if money is no object, you could live in such a different world. We might as well not even talk to you. Um, but yeah, interesting thought experiment. You know, I'm going to add a third, uh, a third um, overarching aim or goal of the university education system, and mm. I don't, I don't believe that there that this was an intended or malicious, uh, you know, intention. I think this is just a, a side effect, side, side effect or a byproduct of just the way that university education has sort of been shaped. You know, you and I were just talking about how we can, we can learn so much just, you know, from YouTube, uh, from the internet, right? Mm -hmm. So what does a university degree really tell you or others today? I mean, really what it says is that you could afford to pay for this education and you can afford to take the time necessary to complete it. So really it's a perpetuation of familial wealth, right? Because if you don't have that kind of time or that kind of you know, the table stakes to play, mm -hmm. you can't go. Now, you know, there's you obviously a lot of programs and things to try and, and, and write those tables, but eh, they're predatory not. though. Yeah. They're predatory and they're, you know, it's very small relative to the population of people who can't afford to go to college. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And, and again, I don't, I don't think there's, you know, I, I don't like, I, I, there's not a cabal of people sitting around a table. Like, right. Ha, 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 ha. right. Our plan is working perfectly. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's the, it's the byproduct of, of, you know, a million different decisions that have gotten us to where we are now. Um, but it, but it's a problem, right? And it's a problem that, uh, that people are starting to address. You know, there's, there's major fortune 500 companies now that are doing programs where, uh, you know, like historical, hi historically, um, four-year degree only type of firms are experimenting by going into, you know, community colleges and pulling people with associate's degrees and saying, hey, we're going to teach you how to do this job because the fact that you cannot pay for a four-year degree should not exclude you from this job market. And they're having a lot of success. There's growing pains, but they're, they're having a lot of success with that. And I'm fully behind that because you know, other than maybe there's a few job titles out there that you really do need a, like a significant amount of education, like a doctor or a surgeon. Um, but I mean, I'm an accountant with a four year degree and, you know, further schooling and licensing and test taking beyond that. And I will tell you, I could absolutely teach a high school graduate how to do my job. <laughs> no questions. Well, that's always been, I mean, coming back to the idea that education is about offering economic opportunity. Um, 
when you are at the pinnacle of the economic system, it's usually in your best interest to limit the ability for anyone else to get to your level. Which is back to your point of like familial wealth. This is perpetuating the idea that it's like, oh, you can't afford college? Don't worry. We'll give you these loans. Don't look at the fine print. It's okay. You're going to get an education and a great job afterwards. And now we have untenable student loan debt problem in this country. And obviously that's an overly reductive approach to this problem. But there's a lot of dynamic forces at play that unfortunately aren't really helping the the small guy in this situation. So if college, I mean, college is supposed to be a springboard to, you know, knowledge and wealth and what have you, but doesn't it really kind of act more like a gatekeeper or more like a, you know, repressive element in our society? (laughs) 